Good evening, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a, continue to have a, a good Christmas tide. My friends, we, um, with the Epiphany, uh, the octave of Christmas uh, ends, but our Christmas season continues until next weekend. Uh, my friends, uh, Matthew's gospel about the visitors of the baby Jesus uh, has so much um, meaning to be unpacked and understood. Um, and there are certainly different approaches uh, to the practical and theological meaning of this account that's in Matthew's gospel. My homily is only one possible way of understanding it. Um, that's a warning about what I'm about to do. <laughs> no. For sure we all understand the journey of the Magi was bold, it was courageous, and certainly filled with wonder uh, but it was actually very risky for them also because they are foreigners. And even amongst themselves who traveled, they were foreigners within their own group, or as we know today is a pod. Uh, that's the new word for families in COVID pandemic, pods. Everyone has a pod, and you can't go into other people's pods <laughs> without your test and everything. So be it. So my friends, uh, uh, even within the pod, uh, of these wise men, the magi, the, uh, these uh, uh, astrologers. Um, they were also um, strangers to each other. And my friends, um, so there was great risk for all of them. And certainly was, uh, from what we read, not an easy journey for them. Assuredly, they encountered difficulties, both from external things, the danger from being on roads unfamiliar to them, uh, and which they were physically traveling, as well as internal things, such as moments of doubt. Um, there must have been moments when they must have wondered if they were wasting their time. And uh, so my friends remember the time uh, from the birth of Christ to the time of what we're speaking here was not overnight or not even a week. Because did you take note? Mary and Joseph are in a house now. They're no longer in the stable. They're actually in a in a house. Um, so some time has passed. Um, in spite of the difficulties and dangers and doubts, they persevered in this quest. And we should remember that they were rewarded uh, when they finally found the Christ. Although the Magi are initially guided by a heavenly light, a star, um, we Christians have read a little bit too much sometimes into it. People think that the star was there all the time, and it wasn't. What we're told is that they saw it at its rising. That's it. And then at the end of the journey, they see it again. <laughs> Hope they have GPS. Huh? <laughs> friends, they needed, what I'm getting at is they needed assistance. They needed assistance of other people, however uh, important. Uh, they are guided by what we know as Scripture, by the words of the prophet of the God of Israel. And they had found a little bit of it, and that's how they know something very special was happening, but they didn't quite understand. So, of course, uh, what they found out was there was going to be a king of the Jews. So who do they go to? To the Jews to find out what's going on. Thus their journey becomes one of faith. Even after seeing the Christ child, they still have to make an act of faith because um, they arrive and what they see is 
two ordinary parents who were homeless at one time, and a baby. This is a king? This is a Messiah? See, required faith. What they stumbled upon was a man and woman with a baby. Not in a palace. And yet they had to come to understanding that this is a Christ. They had an idea of what Christ means a Messiah, uh, an anointed person. Uh, he's to be a king. This ultimate secret was locked in the special revelation of God to Israel in the scriptures. That's what the first reading was hinting to us at. And in this is the crux of Matthew's story, the contrasting of the faith of the pagan visitors, the Gentiles, with the unbelief of the religious leaders of the Jews, as well as the civil leaders of that area. In the Magi, we find the Gentiles have answered the call to faith in Christ, whereas the chosen people, they have, for the most part, rejected it. Matthew highlights this paradox and, uh, uh, with those who have the Scriptures rejecting the Messiah, while the Gentiles come and with the help of those Scriptures discover where Jesus is at. And not only that, they go into adoration of Him they bring gifts to him. That probably really made Herod angry. In the story, we understand the two main responses then to the Messiah, to Jesus of Nazareth. Belief and unbelief. This is the essential gospel story. The good news is this. God made himself present to us in the life of the one who walked on this earth, Jesus of Nazareth, the one foretold, the son of Mary, and as we would discover, as St. Paul would tell us in the second reading, the very son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. This revelation was an offense and a contradiction to many, especially to King Herod, but salvation, as Scripture tells us, to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart open enough to believe. The story shows us the great benefits of faith. King Herod and many in Jerusalem were troubled because of their unbelief. The fear contrasts with the joy and the peace that the Magi felt in the total experiencing of this baby, happiness and blessedness of those who believe runs throughout all of the gospel writings. And although the journey of faith does not guarantee an easy one, it is certainly a meaningful one. One of the themes that run throughout our gospels is the blessedness of those who persevere, of those who believe. Jesus is preaching all of his actions has at its aim to elicit faith in the people's heart. And this is the real reason why, as Mark calls it and Matthew calls it, he did miracles. John calls them signs. 
He did this to elicit the faith because human hearts were so stubborn. And remember, the leaders of their time wanted him to perform like some kind of circus character. Perform magic, dance, dance. Let us see what you have. And when Jesus finally said, I will not do anything for you. But in private, if you will, he went. And of course, he went around telling everyone, shh, don't tell them I did this. <laughs> of course, they ran out and told everybody. <laughs> so uh, I mind my own business when it comes to that. If Jesus tells me not to say anything, I don't say anything. <laughs> so my friends, for us, it is not simply a matter of believing. Paul was, St. Paul was very clear about this. Just not a matter of believing. See, people think that Paul said all you need to do is believe and have faith. But mm, that's not exactly what he said. You have to believe and then act upon that belief. That's a big one of Peter and the other, the original apostles. But it was true of, of St. Paul. He would agree with that. And you have to live according to how you believe. It is a question of hearing the word and doing it and taking risks. Christianity is a risk in many places in the world. They will hurt you. They will imprison you. They will kill you. Making sacrifices because of the faith. You do it all the time, actually. Some people have to sacrifice greater. That's just the way it is. Unlike the Magi, we are not guided by the light of a star. We are guided by the light of faith that's found in Christ, who is the very light of the world. May that lamp of faith never fail in you and I. May its light see us through this world, as the prayer said, in its shadows, until we reach that heavenly Jerusalem we shall see him as he is. We shall see him face to face. And as one of the prayers in the red book that I use say, and then we will be like him. Not fully divine, meaning living forever with him. We will be like him living forever. We shall see him in his glory where our joy will be complete is what he said. He never said it would be here that way. But he said when we got to him, with him.